Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and we are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days. I had to do some quick counting there real fast, and I did use my fingers just because you can't see me do it. Not that I normally do that, but it's always good when you get up in age a little bit to kind of use your fingers, your toes, how much you're trying to count a little bit. My son caught me doing that last night. I was trying to figure out the days, and he goes, what are you doing? I was like, counting? Duh. I mean, who doesn't use their fingers to count? Either way, we got a good show for you. Mark Vandermeer is going to be by in the next segment to do a little gut reaction to all that's going on. Man, there's a ton going on throughout the world of sports, including an ongoing story seemingly, with Rick Dennison with the Minnesota Vikings. There was a report today, then there was a statement, and it feels like they're trying to work some stuff out. I I don't know what's going on with the Vikings, but it's kind of crazy with COVID and vaccinations and coaches and players. And yesterday, there were a lot of players making noise, uh, one that made his home here for a number of years Cole Beasley and the Bills are fighting over Twitter about vaccination. It's, it's nuts. The NFL putting its foot down yesterday saying, look, here's the deal. Non-vaccinated players, sorry. You're going to have to go through you know, all these hoops and jumps like you did last year. And, oh, by the way, uh, there are going to be no forfeits this year. Not going to move games around uh, the way that they did last year. And if they can't find another, they can't find another place to put that game, then uh, you're out. Both teams are out game checks. The team that then forfeits on the record, it's 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 crazy. But I'm taking drastic measures at this point because it feels like drastic measures are needed heading into the 2021 season. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that with Mark and much more. No doubt. But we're going to kick off today's show with two guys that are very, very good on the radio. One who works for us, Drew Doherty. One who used to work for us and did radio while he was working and playing for us. And that was Antonio Smith. You heard, if you listen to our In the Lab podcast, me tell the story of Antonio Smith's first practice with the Texans back in 2009. And it's one of the funniest stories I think that I have in my time of being with the Texans. It was great. But he is fantastic on the radio because he's pretty much unfiltered and just lets fly. And Drew had a chance to catch up with the ninja, Antonio Smith. This is some fun stuff here from Drew and from Antonio. It is always a good day when you get to talk with Antonio Smith. Antonio, the ninja, Tonestradamus, Tone. There's so many wonderful nicknames for you. We've missed you so much. It's great to see your smiling face. How are you? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Take some time off, you know. I hear you. I hear you. You know, when we were setting this up, you were huffing, you were puffing. You'd just gotten in from a workout, so... What was that all about? You, you, you said you're trying to get get into shape, get back into shape. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get. Hey, sometimes you just got to let yourself go <laughs> so you can rebuild. You know. And I'm in that rebuilding process. Okay, okay. You've done that a time or two in your life, haven't you? Oh uh, yeah, about a million in bajillion. Yeah, <laughs> a million in bajillion. Well, where are you these days? What are you up to? What's going on in your world? 
Well, I'm still in Oklahoma. Uh, got my ranch going out here and raising my babies. That's it. That's when, it. When you say babies, what, what are you talking about? Which babies? My children. Oh, my your, your children. children. Okay. I didn't know if you're yeah. talking about like kids. I didn't know if you're talking about cattle, horses, or what? Because well, all of that too. All that too. Got cattle, got horses, um, um, rabbits. Really? Yeah. That's my daughter's doing now. Your daughter's. So you started probably with one or two rabbits and you got like 6,000 now because that's what rabbits do. No, we have to start right now, too. Oh, you only have two? Yeah, but she's planning on breeding. Yeah, I mean, by the time this podcast finishes, they'll, you'll probably have like a dozen, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you played defensive end for, you know, a decade or so in the NFL. A lot of that was with the Texans. Some of that was with the uh, Cardinals before that. Afterwards, you won a Super Bowl ring with the Broncos, mm -hmm. and you came back to the Texans for a nice stint there in a year when the Texans had a really good team, and uh, yeah. you were a key guy for down the stretch. But, you know, what do you remember most fondly about that first stretch with the Texans? You signed in 2009, and then mm -hmm. you were here through mm -hmm. 2013. Um, Most fondly what I, I remember is uh the feeling of – you know, being desired, wanted, you know, because uh -huh. truthfully, you know, I, I was, I'm a person that plays with my heart. So my heart was with Arizona. Didn't, didn't understand the business of the game. Didn't understand why I did, why they wasn't trying to sign me back. But uh, after going through that feeling of not feeling wanted and coming to Houston, and first people I met was Travis and, and uh, well, Travis Johnson and then Andre. Uh-huh. Right off, right off the bat, we hit it off. And that's one that's like that's one of my memorable moments. They took me to uh, Papa Do's, which became like my my week weekly place to eat after that. Never had uh, you know, uh had Papa Do's like that before. They had one in Arizona, but it didn't taste the same. Yeah. So that that was that was a big one when I first got there. First memorable moment was was that, you know, feeling like, all right, I'm at home. Those are two good guys to to kind of welcome you in. I mean, Travis Johnson, I don't know. Has that guy ever met a stranger? Maybe? No? No. He no. knows everybody and remembers everything. Yeah. He's on, he's on a higher level than Tony Stradamus. <laughs> That's high praise, man. I don't know about – that is high <laughs> praise. Hold on now. Wow. And then you bring yeah. up Andre. I mean, he's, I guess, personality-wise, quite a bit different, but – Man, he's special in his own way, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, those two guys brought me right in, made me feel at home. Andre, stay family. You know, Travis, stay family. Mario, stay family. Sean Cody, uh, Connor, Cushion, uh, Sharp, all of them stay family, you know, and all of them, you know, here and there, we keep in touch with each other. Yeah, you know, you guys were really tight off the field. Those names you just brought up, that was the core of probably the best defense that this franchise has ever had. If you go to that 2011 season, not, not all of them were there at that time, but many mm -hmm. and most were. Tell me about that 2011 squad. How good was that defense? Because you played on some great ones mm -hmm. before and after your time there with the Texans. Um, in my opinion, I felt like we was uh, we were the best defense in the league. You know, it was some weeks that we was competing. Number one, number two, then something big happening. 
we'll drop to like number four, number five, then we'll come back up to number three. But the way I felt about our team, like healthy, we were unstoppable. But both those years, we just was fighting injuries, but oh, it was fun. Yeah. It, it, it was fun to play with those guys and for us to just pin our ears back and get to go, you know? Hell of a lot of talent on those two defensive squads. What did Wade Phillips do to kind of harness that talent and set you guys free? You know, what I tell everybody about um, Wade, man, I love Wade, is that he he comes in with an attitude of, of letting you be you. For when he first came in, he was watching us, watched film on us, obviously. But then as we was going through uh, OTAs and things like that, he was watching us. You know, he came, I know he came to me individually, you know, telling me, you know, what my attributes was and how he was going to use that, you know, in his, uh, because we was in a 4-3 at that time before he came. And when he came, we went to a 3-4. I never really played that defense, but he told me it was going to be the same. And he let me be more me than I ever had, had ever been. You know, I always had to play within the framework of the defense being an undersized three technique, uh, outside in, oh, like two, you know, outside in, but he just let me do me. And he let everybody do it. He let Cushion off the chain. I think that was with Cushion and D'Amico, brains, bronze, you know, letting him just, just tear stuff up, you know. Wade just had a knack for letting you um, perform at the best of your ability. I'm trying to make you do stuff in the framework of how he sees it in his defense. He made the defense fit around us. And that was uncommon, that that allowing you guys to to kind of accentuate your strengths, was it? You didn't see that with other defensive coaches in your in your time in the league all the time, did you? Uh, no, because, you know, coaches have a set ways in defense, and they have a vision of what you can do and that thing they want to use for their defense. Wade was more or less like um, – Okay, I see all that this kid can do. I can. I didn't ran this defense for so many years yeah. that I could tweak it any type of way to fit uh, penetrators, uh, two gappers, whatever, whatever that, that you that he needed. And in that defense, we did both. Some guys played on the line of scrimmage, two gappers. Some guys was penetrating guys, and it just it just worked out for us. It was all just having fun. Some yeah. of the fun. The funnest years of my life playing in football. Yeah, you bring up the fun. And I don't want to make this all about Wade Phillips, so this is the final Wade yeah. Phillips question. But uh, when we talked with Cody a couple weeks ago doing this, he said play, playing for Wade Phillips was like playing for a stand-up comedian at times. Now, clearly, the guy the guy is one of the, the brilliant minds in all of NFL history, but he was funny, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Just when you least expect it. He'll walk through the locker room and we'd be playing music and he'll just pop out and do some crazy dance or tell you some crazy metaphor. <laughs> His sense of humor was uh uh second to none other than uh Sean Cody, you know. Right, but right. And you had you you had, had you had your good times with Cody too, didn't you? You you, oh, you kind of got to the funny. ninja character and Tonster Damas came unleashed and, and got kind of more exposed <laughs> to the public, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my family still laugh about that to this day. <laughs> to this day. Yeah, the family you're blood related to, and then your Texans fan family too, because we still get people from time to time will say, 
what's he up to? We love seeing that, uh, that, that video, but where did that come from? I mean, I know the story you've told it a few times, but for those that haven't, Mm -hmm. you used to celebrate, you know, like a ninja after a sack and you had your, your fair share of sacks here. Where'd that all come from? How much fun did you have when you got going with that? Um, oh man, I, I, it was, it was amazing. So much fun. Like I said, got to be me. That that's, that's who I am. That's how I am. Um, even before, you know, uh, I created that, that dance, I've always been, um, in the martial arts from a kid, um, martial arts movie, mega fan, uh, anime fan. And, you know, we was having that, that first year, you know, where, um, we was kind of come out of that slump, you know, we was kind of winning some games, losing some games. So we wanted to create something that can give us like some excitement to play. And so we all said, we're going to go home and create us a sack dance, you know? And I saw that movie Ninja Assassin and right at the end, that little movie did. And so I took that and I turned it into uh, the Ninja Assassin. You still do any, uh, you still do any Ninja stuff nowadays? I can't ever get that out of my blood. Yeah, every now and then I just do, do something crazy. <laughs> every now and then. So are your days now, or, I mean, is it mainly you're, you're farming, you're ranching, you're, you're, you're taking care of what's going on up there? Yeah, mainly. That's it. You know, just just getting that time that I didn't get to spend all the time with my boys or my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, showing them a little bit of the country life because they kind of have city, mostly city and half country and um, just enjoying that, you know, enjoying, enjoying that time we didn't spend with them. Yeah. It's a different, different way of living. You know, it's, it's something that most NFL players are not accustomed to, you know, there's a few mm-hmm. guys on the current team that they grew up on a farm, but most guys didn't grow up on a farm and it was fun. Sometimes you'd show up to Texans games, relieve Texans games with a cowboy hat on cowboy boots. I mean, you grew up that way. You're living that way now. How, how special do you think that is to you and for you to have gone through that and, and be a little bit different in that regard? Um, I think um, it's it's like one of the uh, most important uh, um, aspects of, of my upbringing, because at a time where I needed peace, it became peace. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, when uh, leaving football and trying to, you know, get, you know, reacclimated to regular life, you know, um, the farm, I mean, the, the ranch and the animals and the peace and quiet, getting to do what I want to do, shoot, ride four wheelers, get bucked off of horses, jump back on them, but I have to worry about practicing next day. It's, 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 I can't even think of, uh, the words for it of what it, what it brings me, you know, that, that, um, I have such a place like that and my children have such a place where you can, Actually, let your kids go run outside. Don't have to worry one thing about them getting hit by a car or anything, snatching them up. Yeah. Just let them be kids. You know? Yeah, that's a valuable, uh, valuable experience. You left the Texans and you win a Super Bowl ring with the Denver mm-hmm. Broncos. And you win it with your old ball coach, Gary Kubiak. I, yeah. I'm guessing pinnacle of your career when that happened? Um, I would have to say no. No, really? Okay. Some of those those years that we had down there in Houston was was a pinnacle. You know, um, um, definitely it felt awesome uh, to, to win a Super Bowl, especially with Bill, with Koo, with Wade, 
and all the coaches, you know, um, um, for them to know how close we got in Houston and knowing that if we really had the chance to get past those two powerhouses, we probably could have been Super Bowl champs, you know, uh, in that own right. Yeah. You know, it felt good, but those times we had um, um, in Houston, that, that's they, they right up there. Yeah. At the top, you know, at the top. And, you know, me, I played more of a supporting role up there with the Broncos and watching those youngsters um, um, just wreak havoc, man. And that, 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 that team was exciting. Now, they, they put us to shame for us having fun now. The, really? The, that group up there in Denver, they love playing with each other. They have fun. Um, jokes. We had our own versions of Sean Cody's and, and, you know, ever since uh, 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 Vine came in the league, you know, um, I always took to him, you know, I yeah. always took to him. We, we met off the field and he was just me and his dad hit, hit off right from the beginning. So just watching him and DeMarcus, man, it, it was amazing, but I still don't think it, it stands up to those years we had 2011, 2012. Yeah. Much different type of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. What was it like when you did come back? Because it was, it seemed like it had been so long and it had only been three years, but it seemed like there was just this gulf and you come in in December of 2016, I believe, and you really helped out and you mm -hmm. were next to DJ reader, who was a rookie at that time. And he's gone on to a really nice career. He was a good Houston mm -hmm. Texan here. But it was fun to you're you're still there near JJ Watt. I mean, what was that like that second time around for you? Um, different because I was extreme, extremely out of shape. <laughs> My you're doing a, a little of what you're doing now was kind of what you were doing back then in a different sort of way, wasn't it? Even less than this. <laughs> You know, because I didn't football wasn't even on my mind, you know, but right. uh uh when I got the phone call, definitely um um I'm a Texan at heart and whatever's I feel like whatever's needed, okay. You know, Rick called me, asked me, you know, would I build a whole mom? Was I in shape? I was like, Oh yeah, I've been kind of doing it a little bit, trying to at that time I was trying to build like a little teaching pass for us thing. So I kind of, but nah, I never had been that heavy in my, in my life playing football. But once I got there, um, I felt like it was the red carpet. Yeah. My number was waiting on me. My locker was waiting on me. Same locker, same number. Um, the environment, you know, it, it was a little bit different, but uh, uh, those, those like, like I said, some of my core guys were still there. Christian was still there, you know, yeah. um, uh, and got to meet new guys. I, I, it, it was fun to me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. it. It was, it was, it was absolute fun. As an outside observer, it was fun to see that dynamic that you still had with the Watts, the Cushings, J. Joe, mm -hmm. them. But it was really fun seeing guys like Reader. I think Christian Covington was starting out too. Mm -hmm. They were, they were kind of amused by you learning from you and taking quite a bit because you, you know, you'd seen it all at that point, hadn't you? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. It, it, it had been a long career by then. I think when I came back, that made 13. Yeah. That made 13 plus two, plus a year in, in, in NFL Europe. So, you know, um, 
All I, all I, them last few years of my career, all I wanted to do is just pay it forward, give, give that information, that knowledge in which that I had to pass it on and watch them, you know, make a way in their own lives, you know, and, and, yeah. and those guys was, was, was like I said, having fun. For sure. And, you know, it's no surprise. You still keep in touch with many of those, those Texans teammates, mm-hmm. don't you? I mean, how often are you yes. talking with guys and who are you talking with? Um, man, off and on, um, quite a few, you know, but consist like, like the most consistent would be the text thread of me having daily comedy with Cody, uh, uh, Connor, he mentioned this. Cushion and Sharpton and Brooks Reed and Jesse, man. I mean, when I tell you it's comedy, it's comedy. And you know comedy. They need to make a reality show just (laughs) with these guys. (laughs) Oh, well, listen, we love catching up with you. We appreciate everything you did as a Texan everything you're mm-hmm. doing with us right now. And uh, you going to come back see us sometime soon? Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. You need to let us know when you're down here for a game because uh, we want to we wanna catch up with you again and say hello, give you a big hug, and talk with you. Sound good? Sound good to me. I'm down. The one, the only, Antonio Smith, we thank you so much for the time, and we can't wait to see you again, my friend. Take care. Take care. Yeah, one of the things with interviews, when you do them and you do them with guys, obviously, you know, you finish up the radio part. And then when you're done, you, you know, you might say, hey, man, uh, thanks for joining me, whatever the case might be. Well, Drew, when he sent me that, he actually had the rest kind of of the interview attached to it. And Antonio was so gracious and, and thankful that Drew asked him to be on the air. I thought it was really, really cool. I didn't play that part because it's kind of outside the purview of the the interview itself. But it was just really neat to hear Antonio like, thanks, Drew. That was really fun, man. Thanks for having me on. It just, it just meant a lot to him. And I thought that was really, really cool uh, to share that with the people when I heard that. So uh, Antonio Smith, great, great stuff, Ninja. All right, it's gut reaction time. Mark Vanderbilt will join me next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Friday edition, TGIFF. Thank God it's Football Friday edition of Texas All Access. I am John Harris, football analyst, solid report for your Houston Texans. Now joining me, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, also my partner doing Texas Training Camp Live, which we will take over Wednesday. I believe that is July 28th, 8 a.m. Sports Radio 610 will be there for two weeks Mark, I can't tell you how excited I am looking forward to this. But then again, because this is now the eighth year we've done this together, I think you probably already know how I feel. I got Mm -hmm. a feeling I know how you feel as well. Yeah, I feel great, Johnny. I was just down there earlier at the set again, the set for Texas Radio. And it's interesting because you have the 20-foot rule with the fans and you have the tears, and it's just a different kind of feel and look down there. And they have these gigantic video monitors that I don't know if we talked about. I think we did talk about them during OTAs, where yes. they can actually have a meeting, a quick little meeting, like a five-minute yes. or like, let's go over that again and look at what you did on the video right on the field. Or yep. sometimes they have 
And I think uh, David Cully and Nick Casario talked about this. Sometimes they'll have a meeting in the building, but they'll go out and there's nothing like being out there, of course. And they could say, yeah, all right, quick review. Here's what you need to do on the video. Then go right to the field and do it, which is just feet away. So they have a bunch of those out there. They have the gigantic scoreboard, gigantic for a practice field that they had last year that we featured on social media and we talked about on the radio. So it's really cool to see the setup, but they're not even done uh, with some of the fans setup because, you know, that takes a while to build. It's like PGA tent type stuff, uh, but it'll get done in the next couple of days. And then the first public practice is not for another week. So I guess that's why. Uh, but the team will be out there on Wednesday. You know, they'll be doing stuff on Tuesday. I believe the conditioning test is on Tuesday. So it's here, oh. Johnny. Several teams already uh, reporting and added. The Cowboys Steelers are going to be that Hall of Fame game. They've been at it. So this is cool stuff. You want to watch a bunch of old heads just quake in their boots? Just walk up next to them. If you know they played football, especially in my era in the 80s or the 90s. Mm-hmm. And just go, your conditioning test is today. Ooh, not good. Oh, it's brutal. My my conditioning test was a little different. I, I've, I've always asked guys what the conditioning test is. I, I, I can't remember what it is. And then Bill O'Brien, I think it was, it was hundreds or something like that. Well, when we were in college, we did what was called the 1040s test. And looking back, I remember hearing about it. And I was like, that doesn't sound that hard. But you ran 240s, your fastest 40s. Now, you could sandbag your 40s, but it probably didn't help you to sandbag your 40s because then your coach is like, well, he's only a 4'8 guy when you knew you were 4'6. Oh, yeah. So you want to sandbag your 40s. So you ran 240s, got your best time. Then you ran 1040s after that Oh, with half – what was it? Oh, it was 30 seconds in between each one. So you get to the line, and you go 40 number one, and you take off. And you they time you. You'd have to be within half a second of no. your time. So if you ran 4-4, every single 40 had to be 4-9 or less. And all you had was 30 seconds in between. I'm telling you that piano got into your back on rep 8 or oh, 9, gosh. and they would count you down. Like, you'd have to run 30 seconds. they count you down. Five, four. And you could go at any time. Holy smokes. The first couple, I'm mean, like, I'm good. I'm gone. Yeah. And those last couple, holy smokes. I made it my sophomore year. I missed it by one my, my senior year because I actually got faster, I think. But, man, conditioning. It's like the worst words ever. Conditioning test. I, uh, I hate hearing those words. Then again, I'm like, thank God I never have to do it again. Because if I have ever doing a conditioning test ever again, I'm a I'm gonna go to HR and tell them that you're being mean to me um, because you're my <laughs> boss. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm yeah, not gonna not go with those. that. No, we're not doing okay. All right, but two Spain, words: the brain in Spain stays mainly on the plane again. <laughs> I don't know that I can do that. That's not uh, what we're doing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can do that. Okay, but two words I know that I like to use that you like is gut reaction. I like yes. to do this when there's a lot going on. And it feels like there's a lot going on in the world of sports, life, all of that. Okay. So here's the first one for gut reaction. The Cleveland Indians will be going forward. The Cleveland Guardians, your gut reaction to the Indians name change. You can't hang on to Indians. You just can't do it. 
it's just it's 2021. It's just not going to happen. I know it's been there for what's 110 years yeah, or it's wow. not quite <laughs> that long. long. I think it's 1915 actually. So yeah. it's been a long time. It's been over a hundred years and it's just the way it is. I, the word Indian fascinates me because you know, it's incorrect, right? Yes. I understand that the explorers and whatnot came here and they thought they were going to India and they saw the natives and they said the native Americans they didn't call them that, but they said, ah, you guys are Indians. Right. And I saw, there's a comedian as a routine. I think it might be Louis C.K. or somebody like that. And like, <laughs> no, we're not. This is not India. And the explorer <laughs> said, ah, you're Indians, you know, <laughs> the way he does it. And I know yeah. he's kind of canceled or very much canceled. But the point is this. It's an inaccurate name. And we've stuck to it for centuries. I don't know why we just did. There might have been a better name for the indigenous people of this continent, but that's another story for another day. I'm fine with it. Rename them. I Guardians, I'd have to take the temperature of the, the locals in Cleveland to see how they really feel about that name. But that's a name you'll never have to cancel. So that's one good thing about it, at the very that, least. That is true. Uh, I will hit you with the name that our buddy Figgy, producer uh, for Landry and Lopez, uh, in the loop on Sports Radio 610, Figgy came up with, and I thought you would like this one, the Cleveland Rockers. Oh, my gosh. So much better. It sounds like yeah. a minor league team a little bit, but what yeah. the heck? Go with I it. I like it. The Rockers, rock and roll. Alan Freed was invented in Cleveland. I, yeah. They get the credit for it. But, Johnny, in my mind, rock and roll was invented in you know, the, the Delta Blues areas, yeah. right? Uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, anywhere where guys like Robert Johnson, earlier versions of him, yep. were playing the blues. That, to me, is early rock. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. I, I like the Cleveland Rockers. Oh, that was a pretty good one from Figgy. Okay, number two. Okay. I got to brace myself for this one. Uh-oh. Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach Rick <laughs> Dennison, a.k.a. Rico, and... Patriots assistant O-line coach Cole Popovich, both not being asked back to their teams due to not wanting to get vaccinated. Your gut reaction to this one? Well, I love employment, Johnny, and it's such a good thing. Look, I get it. I, you know, my honest feeling on this, I get it if you really don't think the vax is this or that or you don't want to get vaxxed. But at some point, you have to understand that if you want to work in this league, you're going to have to get the vaccine. And is it right? <laughs> and I'm all for conspiracy theories and question big pharma and all that. However, I saw a great tweet early on in this big debate, and it was a guy saying, do you know what you put in your body? Do you know what's in the water? <laughs> Do you know what's in all the food we're eating? Do you know yeah. all this stuff that you're doing, the air that you're breathing? You know, what's the vaccine? And I do agree with that. I think there's so much stuff in the atmosphere, in our food, in our yeah. air, water, whatever. I mean, uh, what's another, what's a vaccine, right? I, yeah. Again, I'm all for questioning, but at some point with so many people getting it, I just said, look, I'm going to get it. I First of all, employment, again, a good thing. And yes, I don't want to get the COVID again. Uh, I do, I'm not naive enough to think that this is bulletproof as far yeah. as that part of it goes. 
but you know, I'm happy and, and I question everything. I really do. I question authority. I question everything, yes. but I decided to do it. And I think, look, everybody's got that personal decision. However, the decision in this league comes with not working in it anymore if you do that. So uh, yeah. that happened, and, and here we are. And look, the players have a union, so they don't have to get it. But as we can see around the league, uh, you are highly incentivized to get it and decentivized not to get it. So, yeah, that kind of thing. I thought Andrew Brandt put it really, really well on Twitter. He said, look, the NFL is not mandating vaccinations. But it is making it very, very difficult for those that aren't vaccinated. I yeah. thought that was an interesting way uh, of putting it. And you also mentioned a really key word, and that is now. I'm curious to see how future employers will look at coaches that are like Rick Dennison, like Cole Popovich, how they'll look at them in the future. Yeah. How that will it's gonna be really it's gonna be really interesting to watch how a decision like that will impact them. Going forward. Okay. We talked about this a little bit last night, but as the days are going on, it feels like we are getting even closer to it happening. Your gut reaction to the reality that is seemingly setting in that Texas and OU are going to the SEC. Your gut reaction to A, them going to the SEC, B, what happens to the Big 12. And uh, see if you're an a and if you're an Aggie, how do you feel about all this? You know what? I would rebrand, get UH, rebrand as the Southwest Conference 2021. I do it again. I, you won't have the Longhorns yes. or the Sooners, but you know what? You have enough of everybody. You don't have Arkansas. But you have some, and you have some new people as well. But yeah. you're going to, as Iowa State, really going to be part of the Southwest Conference. Maybe it's a bad <laughs> idea altogether. You know what, Johnny? Go back to the Big Eight. The Big Eight still has a little appeal to it. That name yeah. still has a little panache to it. College football history, right? Now, it's weird because Oklahoma was in the Big Eight, right? Nebraska so was, was Nebraska. in the Big Eight. <laughs> Dang. So was, so was Colorado. Oh, no, we can't do the big eight either. Uh, Johnny, it's it's so sad to me that they're doing this. Obviously, it's for the cash. It's not just that, though. This deal. The, so the Alabama quarterback and what he's been able to put together. Yeah, Bryce Young. I, Bryce Young. Yeah, I think the schools looking at this are saying, hmm, if we want to be a big time player, we have to provide opportunities for these kids to make this kind of money on the side. These these great recruits, not everybody, but the real major blue chippers, you know, the platinum chippers. And you feel like maybe you can't get that done unless you're in a league like the SEC, you know. So OU and Texas, they don't want to be left out and they they carry the Big 12. Let's be honest. They really carry mm -hmm. the Big 12 and they feel like they can start this or form, help form this uh, new situation where you're going to have four super conferences. And that's where it's all going. And, you know, I think the rest of the Big 12 uh, or the marquee, whatever you however you want to define that, uh, whoever that is, is it Oklahoma State? Is it Texas Tech? Who is it that's going to be sucked up by the Pac-12? Yep. Probably not the Big 10, but we'll see how it goes. You're going to have four big ones. The interesting part, you mentioned right there at the end, that's the Pac-12. If there's any conference that really needs a boost of, of something, mm -hmm. and I don't know if the remainder of the Big 12 does it. I don't know if Boise State does it. I don't know. The Pac-12 needs something. The Pac-12 right. needs something. And I came up with a scenario where if you went to those four, 
16 teams. If you boot Rutgers out of the Big Ten, send them to the AAC. You let West Virginia go to the ACC. Then the Big Ten absorbs Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pac-12 becomes the Pac-16. It goes to the old Pac-8, and then Arizona, Arizona Pac-8. State, Colorado, Utah, and then four teams from the Big 12, whatever's left over, if I did my math correct. Either way, point being, I think there's a way that you could do it, and it would be geographically – it would geographically fit. You would actually bring back some rivalries that you've been lacking, i.e. Texas and Texas A&M is one that would come back. You know, Arkansas, Texas, I believe they're playing this year anyways. So there there would be a lot of advantages to it, but I, I could go on for days about this one. It's just – I know, I know. It's a, and- it's an amazing topic, to be honest, and to see it happening. I just – it's so funny because I, on Tuesday, said that very thing to David Nuno. I'm, I said, David, my gut tells me with all this NIL stuff and the court cases – being 9-0 against the NCAA, there are going to be people that just want to get out of their conference, realign, just get out of their conference. There's something going they want to feel secure. I didn't realize it was Texas OU, and I didn't realize it was SEC, but I knew something was going to happen wow. kind of based on what was going down. I said it Tuesday, and that story came out Wednesday. I was like, hey, all right, I got well, one right. I felt pretty well, good. Well, you brought it up. Like, who's going to get cut, you know? Yeah. The SEC, look, they have Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt drives up the, the grade point yes. average and it's uh, in nashville so yeah but you get nashville from tennessee that's why rutgers that's never true. made sense to me for the big 10 you already oh, get no. new york with penn state it's four hours away they've always delivered the new york market yep. when they're good so yep. you don't need rutgers when are they ever going to be good why do you really need maryland you're just helping them out really right. they're not really helping you out they're not giving you anything and that's why this stuff is so tough I think U of H, look, the Aggies and Longhorns always delivered Houston. But now if you want Houston in a conference, UH is right there. They're going to get picked up by somebody, and I hope it's I hope the Big 12 survives for UH's sake because it would be nice yeah. to see them lifted up into that league. It's a pretty good chance. Mark, yeah. appreciate you being with me. Thanks, Johnny. There it is. Mark Vandermeer joining me. When we get back, we'll go around the league. There's still some hot stuff going on and potentially an update. On the Viking situation with Rick Dennison next on Texans All Access. It's on Texans All Access. It's on Texans All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the final segment on this Friday edition of Texans All Access. And it's funny, as I write down the day, 723, July 23rd, I'm like, man, what? July 23rd seems to stand out. Why does it stand out? Oh, it's Ted Lasso Day. Yes, it's Ted Lasso Day. Season 2 out today I don't exactly know if that means I haven't checked I've, I've been waiting this is kind of tough because everybody in my family loves Ted Lasso but two of them are out in LA and Jack my son is here with me so I'm like do we watch it do we all watch it together I mean we can't you can do that now in technology days I mean you can do pretty much anything with technology, so maybe we'll all watch it together, although they're two hours behind us, uh, as my daughter is actually, believe it or not, shooting um, in a new HBO series that I can't, I guess I'm not supposed to say anything about, I guess, I don't know, the only hint I can give is Magic and Kareem, that's all I can say, that's it, I guess, but either way, it's Ted Lasso Day, so go check that out. Appreciate you being here. I'm John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. 
In this Rick Dennison situation we've been watching, now the Cole Popovich, I guess that decision has already been made that he is not he is not going to be back with the Patriots because of the vaccination situation, et cetera. Well, this, the Vikings put out a statement um, a while ago, and I, I happened to see it while Mark and I were talking about Rick Dennison. Now, if you, if you missed it in the, in the previous segment and what's been talked about, it was reported that Rick Dennison had essentially lost his job because he chose to not get vaccinated. The Vikings then put out a statement that said in part, and um, I'm paraphrasing, and my guess is this is not going to be um, the last we hear of this, that um, I could see lawyers and legal getting involved. But essentially, the Vikings put out a statement saying, look, he's not been fired. He's not in some special category for vaccination exemption. He's, we're talking about it, basically. So, I don't know what's going to come uh, of that situation, but my guess is if all the way along, Rico has just said, no, I'm not doing it, I don't know that, I don't know, maybe... Maybe losing the opportunity to coach the Vikings offensive line, that will get his, get his attention. Maybe not. Maybe there's a legal situation that's popped up. I don't know. But as Mark and I talked about, man, this thing, it's, it, it's crazy that we've gotten to this. It's crazy that shots and vaccinations uh, and masks have been, been so politicized in this whole thing. In a matter of science, people are just trying to keep other people healthy. And... I know hundreds of people that have gotten the vaccine, and they're fine. Then again, I do know a number of people that didn't get the vaccine, and they've been fine too. So, I, you know, again, I understand the, the, the personal choice aspect, but I think Clint Sterner put it best. My man Dirty Red, I, I don't remember the exact tweet, but I do remember this, and I'll probably remember this for, the, for as long as I live. And he said, it'll be interesting, essentially, for what the, quote, you're not going to tell me what to do, unquote, generation. And I thought, that's a perfect way of putting it. You're not going to tell me what to do, generation. It's a great way of putting it. So we've kind of come to the crossroads, and we'll see how it turns out, especially for a guy who coached here in Houston, played his ball in Denver, uh, and has been around the league for a very long time, very well-respected coach, Rick Dennison, with the Vikings. Without the Vikings, not totally sure what's going to happen at this point, but we will keep an eye on it. Got to thank Mark, got to thank Drew, and the Ninja Antonio Smith, all of you for listening to my man, Eddie Penn, for producing. Y'all are the best. We'll see you on Monday, two days away from the start of training camp, right here on Texans All Access. Go Texans! <laughs>